Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. Hello, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy, on passionate world talk radio. Jeannie White is a producer and writes the blog, which I highly suggest you read for information. I am so excited about my guests today. They are from India. And I know Diwali is next month, so happy Diwali to all our friends who celebrate Diwali. October is Mental Health Awareness Month, but I'm an advocate for mental health awareness every month and every day. And my guests are from the Cactus Communications. I have... Andrea Hayward, who is Senior Associate of Global Community Engagement. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Betsy. Thanks for the lovely introduction, and thanks for having me here today. Um, You're welcome. I'm, Thank you <laughs> for being here. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so a little bit about what I do at Cactus and uh, it's great that you brought up that it's uh, Mental Health Awareness Month in October because what I do is very much related to mental health. So I've been with Cactus for uh, close to four years and uh, most of what I've done has been, uh, what I started with was uh, creating content that would help researchers uh, get published. But what I've been working on for the past one year is something that uh, is a lot closer uh, to what I care about. I've been working on a global survey uh, that is uh, it, that, that mainly deals with the mental health and well-being of researchers. And um, when we started out, we didn't exactly know what to expect. But despite uh, COVID and despite a lot of other difficulties that we faced, over 13,000 researchers uh, from across the globe participated in the survey, and uh, the response was phenomenal. And we got uh, responses from various parts of the world, uh, even responses from countries like Japan and South Korea, where uh, mental health is not necessarily discussed and is a, tab- is a subject of taboo. But uh, right. we've We've recently, uh, so it all went really well, and we worked towards it for a year. And uh, we recently released uh, a comprehensive survey report, which compiles all of our findings and insights that we got from the data that we collected. And uh, it's been received really well. And I would, uh, if if, if, uh, some of your listeners are interested in mental health at all, I would definitely recommend that they... um, take a look at the report. It's called the Cactus Mental Health Survey Report. And if you just type that in into Google, you should be able to find it easily. But um, I'm really excited about uh, the potential that this survey report has 
to actually uh, get people talking about mental health in academia, which uh, is not, which is uh, not as common as it should be. And uh, right. we're hoping that some of the some of the uh, problems that researchers go through and the challenges that they face, which has been highlighted by the survey, will actually go a long way in uh, bringing to the notice of institutions and universities uh, what they can do to better support their researchers and what they can do to make for a better and a more positive research culture. Oh, thank you, Andrea. And I'm going to introduce, I hope I pronounced the last name right, Clarinda Sergio, Senior Director, Thought Leadership of Cactus Communications. Welcome, Clarinda. If I didn't pronounce your last name Hi. right, you could pronounce it. <laughs> it's perfectly welcome. fine, Betsy. Thank you <laughs> for having me as well. It's a pleasure to be here You're welcome. today. So, um, yeah, I'll talk a little bit uh, about myself and uh, about Cactus. Um, so, we actually have a couple of offices. So, we have offices all over the world. Uh, we're, a, we're a company that deals with, uh, get, with the advancement of science, with accelerating the advancement of science um, through various services that support research communication. We actually have... A, couple of offices in the U.S. So we have one in, in Princeton or uh, in New Jersey itself. Um, and yeah, I'm based in India and I've been at Cactus for uh, very many years, 14 years. Um, so I've seen, uh, you know, the company evolve to sort of cater to different needs of researchers across a spectrum of uh, their needs. And while we primarily deal with uh, research publication, and that includes, um, you know, offering language editing, publication support, translation services, um, we also offer uh, medical communication services to pharma and biotech companies. So a lot of it is about the intellectual uh, stuff, the hard stuff uh, that gets research visible and accessible to the world, but um, we we also have uh, an arm that specially thinks about uh, research or well-being, and uh, so this is one of uh, one of the initiatives that we we undertook uh, this survey. Uh, basically, having worked with researchers for so many years, what we understand is that um, very few people know, very few people outside the academic community know anything about researchers and uh, that researchers are uh, you know typically only measured by their publications and the science headlines that regularly make the news but um, no one really knows them as people and they're uh, very rarely even uh, valued as people um, and so we and while mental health at the workplace itself has become a global buzzword and uh, a lot of corporates are uh, really thinking about how to support their employees better and uh, you know make provisions for better mental health at the workplace uh, i think that in academia the conversation has been lagging and this is especially true for uh, you know countries like those in asia and africa where 
uh, mental health itself is not uh, spoken about very openly and uh, certainly in academia the kind of uh, expectation that there is uh, which is uh, you know the, there's this uh, there's this term uh, publish or perish which which is uh, commonly used in academia but the truth is that it's almost literal uh, and there is immense pressure to publish and uh, there is no concept of uh, you know taking a step back or uh, and institutions really thinking about uh, things like researcher well-being and the fact that to get that kind of productivity from researchers um, it's only fair that they're given a support supportive environment that can fuel that so i'm excited to be here and talk to you today betsy thank you once again for having me oh you're welcome i can tell you andrea and clarinda that here in the us mental health because of the pandemic of covid mental health is finally getting the attention that it should be getting but it has been taboo here to talk about mental health issues and you know America is a melting pot so you we have cultures uh different ethnic groups where it's definitely taboo they don't talk about mental health issues and here on my show I like you know I blow the lid off of it because we need to talk about mental health issues that affects all of us around the globe this is a global human being issue and i um, thank you and andrea for doing your research and to you know talk about what people think is a taboo have you found and i by the way i do love research i'm very fascinated with research and i think more research should be done on mental health excuse me <coughs> um definitely have you found in your research or maybe it started before you know you've been doing this for the research for a year has the pandemic changed in your country uh in india about talking about mental health so uh um, everyone i can i can i can answer that and andrea then you can comment if you like so uh i i do think that i am coming across many articles uh you know especially about uh, especially much more so now about mental health uh interestingly though uh, for for us at least for andrea and me i think like she mentioned uh we launched this survey um you know October also world mental health day of 2019 so literally a year ago and uh, so we were already on the lookout for conversations about mental health uh, everywhere and uh, i think that i will i will agree that it it that the conversation seems to have amplified considerably with the pandemic and uh, there's a lot of uh, discussion about things like isolation and uh, uh pandemic fatigue and you know all of that so i think that that the crisis is more uh, evident or tangible uh, now probably but um, 
if i were to think about the academia space uh, my view at least is that um it was always really bad uh, and it's it's great that the pandemic is uh, you know uh, throwing some light on the on the issue globally but i just hope that uh, once things get back to normal uh, we don't regress and uh, mental health is just not paid attention to once again so yeah andrea yes yeah i i agree with what chirinda said and uh, going back to what you said betsy about um, mental health as a topic generally being taboo in many parts of the world uh, i i think that uh, people uh, hold back uh, while talking about mental health a lot and i think it's uh, it's not it, it's not uh, something that uh, everyone does in a focused way but even if i look at the survey report and what some of the researchers uh what some of the research said uh researchers said about why they wouldn't bring up uh experiences or feelings of poor mental health like why they wouldn't want to talk about their experiences of stress or anxiety i feel like it's very relatable to everyone some of the reasons uh, for why they felt like they weren't comfortable talking about this was um a fear that it might reflect poorly on them or a sense that while uh, people would be able to empathize with them they wouldn't necessarily be able to help or um the fear that they wouldn't be taken seriously so i feel like it's very relatable because I, whether or not someone is a researcher involved in academia i feel like uh, some of these reasons would be very relatable and uh, it's something that would cross a person's mind given uh given the negative attention that mental health usually gets and uh, a lot of misconceptions uh, uh that people have about it but uh, after covid-19 i do feel that uh, a lot a lot of people now are opening up slightly and talking about mental health and uh, i i think that because uh, so many people are so many people sort of went through this together uh, the whole <laughs> the whole sense of um, it being okay to not be okay sometimes uh, is really come out a lot stronger and i feel like the acceptance has become more because people have collectively gone through this crisis yes and clarinda and andrea my feeling is because i was a caregiver to my husband who had early onset alzheimers i've been speaking about the isolation of caregivers for 3 years and now i feel the world is getting a taste of what caregivers have faced and will continue to face even after this pandemic is over is you know isolation how that affects people and depression because you're isolated and how that affects people and here in the US nursing homes are not allowing visitors so we are having um people with dementia progressing faster because they're not having a human contact and human contact 
as you know, is very, very important. And we were made to connect with each other. And I, I'm glad in a way, as I mean, to be grateful for COVID, if anything, it's because it shed a light on what isolation does. And it's not just during COVID. It's every day for some people who are caregivers. And I have, uh, my heart is for the caregivers because I was one. And, you know, I know what, it, what it's like. And your research with, you say, academ- academia, is that, did you research companies? Did you research professors on how mental health is affecting their ability to do their job? Yes. Whoever uh, wants to so basically, we, um, yeah, we ran the survey among uh, researchers. And, um, and and I would like to touch upon uh, what you said about isolation, and I can completely understand mm-hmm. uh, your situation and empathize with that. Uh, and if I were to extend that analogy to researchers, uh, if you think about it, um, the fact is that so we, we ran a we ran a poll recently on Twitter, and we asked researchers. Uh, how many of them would say that their friends and family understand the work they do. And a very large majority said not even a chance. And so that itself, uh, you know, sort of can help us understand in some way the isolation that that could cause. The fact that if, uh, you know, that you're under immense pressure at work, but there's no one at home or in your friend circle you can talk to about it. Uh, because they don't really understand your work or they don't understand what it means and uh, you know even uh, even things like not being paid very well which is a very common uh, commonly known you know it's almost a meme as it were the uh, financial the researcher in financial crisis um, things like that people in a corporate setup would not be able to really relate to uh, because uh, you know they are being fairly compensated for the most part, uh, whereas uh, researchers are, uh, there's this impression that they're driven by passion and they don't, uh, the, the system does not really um, lend itself to fair compensation and, uh, you know, things like that. So there's, there is a lot of isolation, I think, that researchers face. Um, and I, so I can completely relate to the example that you gave as well. Um, yeah, so how this survey was done, uh, basically we, so Cactus works with researchers, uh, like I mentioned. So we have a lot of researchers in our network, uh, and by researchers I mean people working either in a university or research institution or uh, in industry, so like in biotech or, or pharma companies or in non, not-for-profits or in uh, governmental organizations and uh, essentially these were all individual researchers they covered all stages of their career so we uh, it involved uh, researchers across the spectrum not just early career researchers or PhDs which a lot of uh, other surveys have focused on uh, we also had quite a few uh, faculty and senior researchers taking the survey and we had researchers, uh, like Andrea mentioned earlier, uh, across the globe. 
so uh, over 160 countries uh, a lot hello hello <clears throat> i think we lost her in the oh, oh there oh okay i i got you now <laughs> that happens <laughs> the internet yeah uh so maybe i can pick up where clarinda left off until she can uh get get back here and okay. get a connection again yeah right hi right. so I, she was i, I have no idea what okay. happened <laughs> and i have no That's idea okay. what point they're going to cut off okay uh, go ahead you can uh, continue so i Whoever i don't to. know exactly where i got where i got cut off but andrea you you can complete your thought yeah so um i i think that uh, what lerinda was uh, saying was about what makes this survey unique and uh, while it's not the first of its kind in the academic space what really makes it special is um, the global representation that we were able to get uh, we had um, so usually when uh, in the past surveys that have been conducted uh, have either focused on just one uh, group of academics or say phd students or postdoctoral researchers uh, whereas uh, in our survey we've we've been able to cover uh, all academic stages so we have representation from phd students and uh, senior researchers professors and postdoctoral researchers and uh, we've also been able to get representation from various minorities in terms of uh, ethnicity and uh, sexual orientation which a lot of other surveys haven't been able to get so because of this we've gotten views and suggestions from a wide range of uh, researchers from across the globe and uh, some of the results also really reflect these cultural differences and i feel that an understanding of these differences is important because when it comes to mental health and well-being there usually isn't a one size fits all kind of solution so i feel that uh, some of the results that we've gotten and those nuanced suggestions are really going to help uh drive change in the right direction that sounds great i'm so glad that your research included minorities because a lot of times there is disparities in research among minorities so i'm really glad to hear that um thank you thank, thank you very much mm -hmm. for that i have an idea for research uh ladies i really would like research to be done on children and the effect that stress has on their brain when dealing with a parent or a grandparent who they see suffer from dementia or another type of uh disorder you know what is it like for a child to grow up with a parent who's bipolar and they don't understand why their parent is behaving the way that they are and it has to affect the child's uh, mental health uh, in some way and so that's just an idea for research that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a really interesting 
interesting thought i think uh, and and i don't know if we'll be able to help but i think that if we share this podcast with our with our uh, audience of researchers then you might actually be hitting a uh, researcher in child psychology who might be able to actually take this up mhm and how do people connect with cactus communications or are you just a re- research uh for mental health or do you provide uh, services also yes uh, so we do provide a range of services uh, all oriented towards getting uh, science published and visible um we our website is www.cactusglobal.com and uh, we have websites in chinese japanese korean um english and uh, a few others i believe and um yeah you can you can just type cactus communications in google and you should be able to find it you you'll be able to find all our contact numbers email addresses and uh, a list of our services which i can briefly touch upon uh, we sure. offer lang- language editing uh, publication support or uh, translation services uh, we we also have uh, products and tools uh, tech based and ai based products for research or productivity and success we have a community forum uh, called our voice where uh, we invite researchers to come together and uh, discuss mental health mainly um we also have um, other we are also on social media and you can find us there we have a brand called impact science through which uh, we help research get more visibility in the public eye so we help convert uh, technical research into uh, lay lay summaries um, videos infographics and more shareable formats that can be accessible to non researchers and uh, we have a brand called cactus life sciences that uh, deals with the pharma and biotech segment and uh, we help medical affairs uh, professionals get their research uh, visible as well very very impressive and thank you thank you very much i so appreciate you both coming on uh Andrea would you like to say something that maybe feel you know needs to be said that wasn't said Um no I think we've covered pretty much everything Um if I could uh I would probably um like to share with uh your podcast subscribers or listeners uh something that I do uh in order to take better care of my own mental health if that's helpful um <laughs> sure yeah so something that i uh, do and it's 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 really like a learned behavior because i wouldn't ever do it before is that uh, when i'm when i feel like i just can't um do when i just can't keep going when i just can't uh, work anymore i'm really exhausted physically and mentally uh the tendency would always be to just uh push through and keep going and i feel like a lot of people uh do this 
because we live in such a fast-paced world that even a little bit of slacking off tends to bring on a lot of guilt. So uh, what I've been doing as a plate is to just take a break and uh, put what's stressing me out aside. But while I do it, I make sure that uh, it's a completely guilt-free break and that I'm not uh, giving myself grief for taking a break and taking things easy and just being a little more kinder to myself. And it's really helped. Uh, and I've seen the difference because after the day when I go back to work, um, I'm fresher and I'm more productive. So I, I feel like if, if this works for someone else, then they should definitely try it out. Exactly, Andrea. Thank you for that because you're absolutely right. And I have a saying, and I tell this to um, caregivers because I run a caregivers group online, self-care. I mean, even if you're not a caregiver, self-care of yourself is literally a matter of life and death. Stress kills people. It's a killer. You need to chill out. You need to relax, meditate, uh, do something to relax yourself and not feel guilty about it. I can completely relate, Andrea. You know, I would take a break and then I feel guilty. I'm not doing something, you know, especially women, right? Women, we have to be, you know, working at, at home, at work, and, you know, children, husbands, <laughs> you know, the list goes on and on. And we feel like we have to constantly be doing something and we get stressed. And then what do we do? We yell at our husbands, yell at our children. That's universal. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's universal. And we just need to just take a, a break. And you're absolutely right. I, lo I love that you said that. Clorinda, do you have any closing remarks that you would like, statements that you would like to say that, you know, weren't said? Um, I just, I, I have just a message for researchers everywhere, and I don't know how many researchers would be listening to this podcast, but uh, the work you're doing is, is extremely valuable for the whole world, and I think that it doesn't even matter what the world thinks, because uh, you're just so important, and I think that if you realize how important your contribution is to the world, uh, that's enough. Uh, and I think that it's really important for researchers to prioritize their mental health or not be slaves to a culture that, um, you know, just tells them to keep going and keep showing, keep proving, uh, keep ha having the numbers and, uh, you know, nonstop publications and just focus on the fact that you're doing great work and uh, take care of yourself because that's really important and demand the support that you need from your institutions and from uh, people around you. There are people who care. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am finding out more and more as I am getting press releases from different places that you know, mental health is looked down upon if somebody goes for help, whether you're a professor, a teacher, a policeman, 
emergency room doctor. Emergency room doctors are they have stress every day, and then this COVID yeah. gave them more stress, and they are stigmatized for saying, "Okay, I need I need help," and it yeah. shouldn't be that way. I don't care where you live in, in the world. It shouldn't be that way. You know, folks, that my show is international, by the way. We all need help at some point in our life. And people shouldn't judge. Don't stigmatize and judge somebody because they say, I, I need help. I have a problem. Because any one of us at any given time can have a problem and need help. And it's part of life. You know, life isn't always hunky-dory. And some people need help. And I always say this, Clorinda and Andrea, because I'm not ashamed. I suffered from depression as a child. I am going for grieving counseling. I recommend counseling for everybody. I really do. I'm very pro-counseling. You know, go for help because we need it. We need to take care of our mental health to be better for ourselves, to be better at our job, and to be better to our families. I mean, and it's, this is global. This isn't to one specific area in the world. We're all human beings, and we are more alike than we are different. And that's how, you know, I feel. Uh, I want to thank you both for coming on. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> We've had uh, communication problems, folks, in getting the show together, but we got together. So thank you, Clorinda and Andrea, for your patience, and I appreciate you hanging in there. And thank you for your research. Thank you for what you do to bring attention to mental health awareness um, all over the world and helping, you know, uh, researchers and, you know, to, to be able to say, okay, I'm a researcher, you know, I might have a PhD or whatever degrees, but you know what? I still need my own mental health to be checked on. I still need to relax. I need, maybe even need to go for counseling. And it's all okay. And this is what I want to tell the world. It's okay to, to say I need help. So thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on and, Good luck to you with your research, and uh, please do more. Please bring the mental health awareness. Thank you. Thank you, Betty, Thank for you, having Betty. us and, and for welcome. all the work that you're doing in this space as well. I think it's so needed and uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Betsy, for having us. And for this conversation. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Andrea and Clorinda of Cactus Communications. Folks, check it out. The information will be on the blog. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, CEO of Pressure World Talk Radio, because she sent me the press release for Cactus Communications and for the radio station, Passionate World Talk Radio, where our mantra is to educate, enlighten, entertain. Folks, if you missed any of this podcast, I suggest you listen to it 
or listen to it again, and you can hear me on Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and wherever you hear podcasts, you'll hear Chatting with Betsy, and it is free to subscribe. I can't thank these ladies enough. Folks, it's coming up to holiday season. I mean, this is the end of October already. And holiday season brings a lot of stress for people. They don't have a perfect family who does. Nobody does. I know the holidays are going to be hard for me because it's my first one without Matt. And you know what? It's okay. I get emotional. It's okay. It's okay to feel however you do. But if it affects you from functioning, please go for help. There are resources. There are resources where you live. Just check on them. Your mental health centers, your senior centers, please call them and see what they have to offer. And I just want to tell everyone, you know, be safe. Happy Halloween. And, you know, COVID's on the rise again. Be safe. Wear your mask. Do social distancing and just be kind to each other. Until we chat again, this is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy and Passionate World Talk Radio. Bye-bye now.